0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, our 24-minute recaps, episode 24. How fitting on a night like this. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast, follow us on Spotify, and of course to subscribe. I'm sorry, of course to follow us on all platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So, for tonight's episode, we're going to be going over the Cavs and Lakers game in Cleveland. And then we're going to briefly talk about the Celtics against the Bulls. I didn't really get to catch the game, just, you know, my reaction to it. And then the Warriors and the Wolves. And then I'll end it with some talk about the Clipper, the announcement that came out today from the Clipper camp that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be out tomorrow, in tomorrow's game because of contact tracing. So, finally, the Clippers getting hit with the Rona bug. Or what comes as a result of the Rona bug. Anyway, let's begin with our game tonight. The Lakers are back in action looking to keep their undefeated record on the road. And we watched the Cavs last night. We talked about them last night against the Celtics. And this was a completely different Cavs team. This was the Cavs team that we talked about that we saw against Brooklyn. Who actually plays hard. And, you know, Andre Drummond did a really good job starting out the game aggressive. You know, being tough inside and you know him he wants to bully he wants to pound and bang around down low and Marc Gasol got three quick fouls because of it. I'd never seen somebody get three fouls in three minutes like that one of them was a little bs in my opinion the third one but you know Marc Gasol came out that forced Trez to come into the game a lot earlier Montrader and he actually had a really good game I thought this was one of his better games defensively this season he had active hands he was really moving you know recovering on plays He got a block as well. So I thought he was really solid. And usually his plus minus is is negative because of, you know, he comes in and he gives up a lot of points. But he was plus 18 today with 15 points. However, LeBron was really... I mean, AD was off to one of those nights where he was settling. He was a little lazy on D. You know, he still had three blocks, three steals. But there were some times where I thought he was a little lacking. For example, like, he would overhelp sometimes or... You know, he'd get scored on by Drummond a couple times. Drummond was really bullying him for periods of this game. But it's, again, AD was being very... It was just one of those nights again where he was just going through the motions. And it's, it's really shocking to me. I thought this would be a season where Anthony Davis, as a 28-year-old or whatever he is, tried to take the season... Take this team by the scruff of the neck and want to be MVP. But it's really looking even more in the direction that the 36-year-old <laughs> wants to win MVP and, and it was like... Hold up, guys. I'm in this conversation still, too. And just went to the next level tonight. And obviously, in the second quarter, you know, the Cavs came back. I thought Darius Garland gave him some good minutes off the bench. And in the third quarter, that's when things really started going well for the Cavs when Jetty Osmond started coming out splashing threes he had three threes in the third quarter one of them was just a pull-up in transition hand in the face no problem and that's the thing about the NBA today because it's so easy to score a couple of missed shots a couple of open looks even when you're executing and then a couple of threes even if you guard it the right way even if you get the other team to you know as I said With the right personnel, if you can't switch, you have to give up things and pick and roll. And even when you give up the right things, sometimes shots just go in. And within three possessions, if you don't score, a team can hit a couple threes and get right back in the game. And that's what happened tonight with Cleveland. They really stuck it out. They really fought till the last minute. Nothing like I saw against Boston yesterday. And I thought they were were good. I thought Dennis was okay today. 10 points, 4 of 9. But overall, the Cavs stuck in it. But there's really—I'm just kind of talking nonsense right now because there's really only one thing and one person that needs to be acknowledged in this game, and that's Mr. Cleveland himself. It's sad to me because as a former LeBron fan, I loved LeBron in Cleveland. Like, that was just—he was the king of the world there. Everything revolved around him, and they worshipped him similarly to how, you know— Not the same extent, necessarily, maybe that Laker fans loved Kobe, but that kind of love, though. LeBron did garner a lot of that kind of hero worship from Cleveland. So, you know, to see him getting off on his old old squad is a little tough to see as somebody who grew up with the LeBron Cavs and really enjoyed them. But, man, he was scorching hot. And, you know, we've talked about it on this show. His three-pointer this season has just been phenomenal. Seven of 11 in that department tonight. But what was... Even more impressive was the regularity in which he's hitting that turnaround over the right shoulder because he'd started to develop that a little more in Miami, but it was never really a consistent thing. It was it came out more in 2018 that I can recall against the Raptors when he was hitting a couple, like, I remember he was hitting multiple turnarounds in a row, and I was like, wow, this is straight out of the Kobe playbook. Like, I don't remember LeBron ever being able to do this. and. He didn't really go to it much the last two seasons. And you, if you listen to Laker uh, games on the, on the Spectrum Sports Net, you hear Billy Mack and Stu talking about this season, he's got that shot down pat because they didn't really see it last season. Even though in 2018, LeBron busted some of that out in the playoffs. But here's the crazy part I know LeBron can hit logo threes. And there was somebody, I don't know who it was, but there was someone in the crowd, whether I don't know if it was somebody in Cavs management or a fan that was talking. To LeBron about a, a, some really ugly miss he has. Because, you know, LeBron, he has his ugly misses here and there. His shot is not the prettiest shot in the world, even though it's effective. And he, LeBron gave him that look like, okay, you talking shit? Okay. And this season in the fourth quarter, I think LeBron's been the best player. Like, of anybody in the fourth quarters this season, I think LeBron has been the best player. And he went off. Like, he, he, this was a carry job tonight. Like, ser- seriously. Because nobody on the Lakers scored over 15 points. I'm sorry, no, AD scored 17. But nobody scored over 17 points. And the most impressive part was not LeBron hitting several threes. LeBron hitting a turnaround over the left shoulder. Which, I don't know how many times in his career he's even hit a shot like that. That was like, straight out of, you know, Lakers aren't playing tomorrow and you know what tomorrow is. That was kind of like, you know, an ode to the bean right there. A turnaround in the left corner to ice the game. So, LeBron James was just unbelievable tonight. Um no the r- turn over the right shoulder was always first of all no if you watch LeBron in Cleveland the first 10 tenure- year none of this shit was in his arsenal. He had his his jumper was so inconsistent and streaky. Some nights he would go off like the night against Detroit in the Palace and like certain nights, but it was mostly LeBron being 100 miles per hour all the time. So no, this wasn't in his game. Like this ability to shoot the ball with this with, with this ease was not in his game. If you go watch games even 2011, you actually no, even 2013. If you go watch games, look how much the Spurs or the Mavs are sagging off LeBron begging him to shoot. Like naturally, you you uh, want LeBron to shoot even in today's day because he's so good going to the basket. But back then, it was like feet of space. Nowadays, you can't do that with LeBron. And that's also made it so that his driving game isn't so hard, you know, as it used to. Because, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. It makes it so, even though he's not as fast, even though he's, yeah, just not as fast. He's still just as strong. But even though he's not as fast and athletic, he's... Gotten his jumper better, so that people have to honor that, and then he can get to the basket easier. So the Lakers move on to ten and zero on the road. I thought Andre Drummond was the best big man in the game tonight. Not AD again. He can't rely on thirty-six year old LeBron to take him, you know, to carry him like this in this regular season. At times, it seems like AD has one good game and then he has one bad game. And it's also funny because LeBron. Does it too in ways. Just, I think he's had more good games than bad and more good games than AD this season. Because like yesterday, LeBron was okay. But then tonight, he played ridiculous. And yesterday, AD was great. And then tonight, he was very okay. Andre Drummond, 25 and 17. 11 of 21 from the field. Jetty Osmond, 20 points, 6 of 11, 5 of 8 from 3. Colin Sexton, 17 points. Not his best shooting game, 6 of 17. I thought Garland was really good with 11 off the bench. But that was it. The Lakers, 10 and 0 on the road. That's pretty incredible to start the season, isn't it? Let's move on to the Timberwolves against the Warriors, the game that just finished. The Wolves didn't have D'Angelo Russell or Carl Anthony Towns, so you know what that means. If you're the Warriors, you need to win. And they came out with the right intensity to start the game. We talked about it against Utah, poor. Against New York, poor. Tonight... They made it known. And it was defense that started it. Also, a little bit of belief. You know, you're playing against a team that's not as good. Who does not, not have nearly the offensive firepower. I mean, listen to this lineup. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, Ricky Rubio, and Josh If You guys, we, we covered the Timberwolves in the beginning of the season until Towns got injured or Towns had his problems. But who's the only guy in that lineup that can really score the ball? Malik Beasley, and he's the only one that scored over 12 in that starting lineup tonight. He had 30, but it didn't matter because Andrew Wiggins fighting over screens, using his length, poking the ball away on dribble handoffs to negate that and make somebody go one-on-one, chase downs over screens from behind with his length on the blocks. Andrew Wiggins needs, and I'm serious, needs to be considered for the all-defensive teams this year. He's been phenomenal. And you know what that does when somebody's a good defender and plays good defense every night? It makes a game like a 4 of 11 or a 3 of 12 game not that relevant. Because if you're playing great defense all the time, that means that you're shooting, you're scoring, your efficiency is just an added bonus. It's not like Lou Williams, who when he goes 3 for 10, it's terrible because he doesn't do anything else to contribute to the game. Andrew Wiggins was just awesome. And then Draymond Green looking at the basket, looking to score how much of a difference it makes. And dude, honestly, Draymond's not as bad of a shooter as he makes him out to be, makes himself out to be. He he hit a three without hesitation tonight. Of course, one of four from three, but four of eight from the field. So on twos, that means he was three of four. And some of those were floaters. And then of course, Stephen Curry doing his Stephen Curry thing, coming off screens for threes, getting into the lane, taking guys one-on-one, showing people he still got that mix. That ISO package, that mixturizer, that ability to mix people up. And, you know, I was doubting him in the beginning of the season in the first four games, saying he doesn't really, he's not taking guys off the bounce. But, oh, boy, as he responded, another typical night at the office for Steph, and it didn't even look like he was trying that hard in terms of, like, it was just so routine. 36 points, 11 of 21, 7 and 12. But here's the thing. Even though the Warriors got out to an 11-point lead, and I have to say, I have to note, that they were there was a big adjustment tonight from Kerr. He took Wiseman out of the starting lineup and replaced him with Looney. And it did work. I don't exactly know what the thought behind this is. I think maybe it's because Looney is a more established warrior. I don't know if it's because, yeah, for the defense or whatever. But Wiseman in that second unit with Eric Paschal, that's a... That's two really solid second-unit players. And even though the Wolves stuck in it and they were much better in the second quarter, 31 points they scored. They still got outscored by three, 31, 34. But they hung in there. You know, they tried. Anthony Edwards, I thought, was pretty aggressive tonight. He got to the line seven times, only made six. But I still think Anthony Edwards settles for too many threes. Tonight, he didn't. But his in-between game, his shot-making ability is a little suspect. I've been saying it. But Jordan McLaughlin, my favorite college player of all time, Man, it's such a joy to see J-Mac in the league and, and balling out, too. Like, J-Mac again tonight. He was causing problems in that third quarter for the Wolves. That was the only quarter that the Wolves outscored the Warriors, 29-25. Wheeling and dealing and pick and roll. Getting to the rim and making the right reads. He had 15 points and 5 assists on 7-12. J-Mac, USC, Edwanda, straight out of LA. So, I love that guy. But, ultimately, Eric Pascal and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. Off. He played more minutes on the bench today, even though he started. He hit a three in the first quarter, and it was a bad shot. It was a contested three that we, you know, Warriors fans don't want him taking. But when he makes it, we talk about this all the time. What's the most important part of basketball? Confidence. And one shot going into the basket like that completely can change your game on that given night. And Kelly Oubre was hitting jumpers, you know, even contested ones. But the main thing about Oubre that's good is when he's getting downhill. He shot three threes today. Nine shots overall. So only 33% of his shots were threes. He was 2 of 3 on him. 4 of 9 from the field. And 4 of 5 from 3. That's getting to the line. That's being aggressive. 14 points for Kelly. Such a solid night. And then Andrew Wiggins bringing it again. 2 of 5 from 3. 10 of 19 from the field with 23 points. Pulling up for jumpers. Offensive rebounds too. He had 6 offensive rebounds. So all of his rebounds, he only had 6 for the game. All of them offensive rebounds. And that's huge. You know, Andrew Wiggins' athleticism is starting to work in in a lot of ways. And Eric Paschal, even though he was 2 of 10, he really had a good impact, though. I don't care what anybody says. I watched that game. That 2 of 10 does not do him justice. Five points, five boards, always in attack mode, plus three on the court. So overall, a solid win for the Dubs. They needed that to bounce back. They're 9 and 8 now, 6 and 4 at home. Great night for Curry, who continues to be on the outskirts, to me, of that MVP race. So let's finish it off with the Celtics and the Bulls. I didn't really actually watch this game. Uh, I heard from my Celtics fans, friends, it was very typical night at the office, you know, just an outclass, you know, the Celtics just outclassed the Bulls. Jason Tatum was back. We talked about that yesterday. He was coming back today, first time back, and he didn't look like he skipped a beat from the box score. 10 of 21 from the field, 24 points. The Celtics were up by 10 at the half, and it seemed very routine. They were up by 20 at one point. And apparently the Bulls put on a performance similarly to how they did against the Lakers. Just not much fight at all. Of course, remember what I said? Laurie Markinen? Yeah. I think this team is better defensively without him. He was minus 15. He had 18 points. But I didn't even watch the game. But I can already decipher, you know, what kind of things are happening. The Celtics probably were getting... Getting too many easy buckets. I heard Marcus Smart was coming off screens again looking good. 13 points, 5 boards, 11 assists. So I'm guessing that because of the shots he was making in the in-between game, which is so key for picking role players, that people were starting to give him more attention and he was starting to find other guys. So for Marcus Smart to have a double-double with assists to go along with 5 boards, and he probably played his great defense that he always does, Jalen Brown, 26 points. You know, that's big time for the Celtics. That's good for rhythm, for Marcus Smart to be doing that. Daniel Tice, 19 points, another really good game, 8 of 12. And then off the bench, Aaron Naismith finding his shot a little bit. 3 of 5 from 3, those were all the shots he took, 9 points. And then Carson Edwards with 6 points. So some of the young guys in the Celtics starting to get a little more confidence. And now with Tatum back, now with Kemba back. Kemba didn't play in this game, so we haven't seen the big 3 all together again. I don't, I don't think. 119 to 103, the final for Boston. Two wins in a row. Ten and six now. They move on. So before I end the episode, we're gonna end a little earlier than 24 tonight. The Clippers, my Clippers, just got hit with the contact tracing. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And it comes at such a Um that came at a terrible time, in my opinion, because we're really hitting stride. Seven wins in a row going on this seven game roadie. I was really hoping we could continue because, as I said yesterday, I looked at the games on the schedule, and I really think that we should beat all those teams. And now, ugh, it's such a killer for momentum. I just don't know how we're going to come out of this. I don't know how many games PG and Kawhi are going to be out. And I really want to go for that number one seed this year, guys, because you heard what I said yesterday. I don't want to see – if we, if Utah continues like this, I don't want to see Utah in the second round, 2-3. I don't want to see that, man. It's just – It's too nervy for me. I need to see us keep rhythm. So let's see what happens. Let's not get too pessimistic yet because for all we know, they could maybe win one game of the road trip. So, I'm sorry. For all we know, they could only miss one game of the road trip. So let's see what happens tomorrow. We're very shorthanded. I hope that the Hawks players, another dime dropper team, that they're going to get fans back tomorrow. I remember Bob Rathwin and Dominique saying it in commentary a couple weeks ago. But... Let's hope that the Hawks miss some players too because that's a place we went last season and didn't win even without Trey Young. Our team is doing better this season in terms of camaraderie, but without Kawhi and Paul George, I just do not know if we're going to win any games to be honest and tomorrow will not be easy. So this came at a really bad time. I just really wanted to keep that winning streak alive. It would suck to have our streak killed because of that, but I guess it's just part of the process this season. Hopefully Terrence Mann... Get some burn and plays well we're gonna need Lou Williams this is really it if Lou Williams does not perform in this with the games that Kawhi and Paul George aren't playing I need at least 20 every night because he's not giving me anything else on the other end except for once in a blue moon so we'll see man just terrible timing nervous about it but anyway thanks for that uh, let me know what you think of this episode I should be back tomorrow and I want to say one thing the videos I'm talking about uh, in in re- uh in reference to Kobe that I'm going to be coming out with soon I'm not going to release it tomorrow it's just not right Um, I won't be live tweeting any games if you follow me on Twitter I won't be live tweeting I'm only going to be posting 8 of my favorite Kobe quotes or moments because a year ago tomorrow was one of the worst days of my life to be honest and one of the worst days of a lot of people's lives that love the game of basketball and especially here in Los Angeles and it's a day that I think about all the time Every day, especially running a basketball channel. Tough to say the least. But we keep your memory alive here, Bean. We're not going to hit 24 minutes tonight, but that's it. 20 minutes. Thanks for joining me. Now we go to the YouTube subscribers live, waiting patiently. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dime or a dollar. Thank you and good night. Rest in peace to the Mamba. Rest in peace, Gigi Bryant. Rest in peace to the Altabellis and the Chesters and everybody else that was on that plane. I'm sorry, the helicopter. Peace.